Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you Father and our God, King of glory, we come before you and we ask, O oh Lord, that in your you take absolute control. We pray, my Father, that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is released to his maximum. We ask, O oh Lord, that in everything we do and say, that you take control of, guide us, teach us, cause us to sit at your feet, look into your word and see you, so that we are changed to be like you. Father, we gather together as family, and therefore we will gather as family and friends so that, Father Almighty God, those who need miracles kindly provide the miracles. We worship you and we adore you. We thank you for tonight. We ask, Father Almighty God, that those who are listening to this by podcast or listening back to it, Father, are as blessed as we are tonight. We just trust you, Father, and we pray in the name of of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. And ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are picking up our study of the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 1. And I'll read it tonight just to give us some context. I'm going to read Ephesians 1. Um, I'll start at verse one and work from there, but I'll read it in the Amplified Classic version of the Bible, which will also just, and to be honest, I found one of the most therapeutic things is to just listen to the Bible. Um, and if you're going through anything and you re really need some peace, just put the Bible on and just let the Bible be, let it play. And the grace in the word comes into your life. And so I'll read, and I hope it blesses you as we read. And then we will go into our teaching for tonight. Um, we're, going, we're literally working through the book of Ephesians as far as we can go um, over the next few weeks. And right now, we're literally taking it line by line. And God's been very kind to us. And so we just let him have his way tonight. And so Ephesians chapter one, really from the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible. Paul, an apostle, special messenger of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, by the divine will, the purpose and choice of God to the saints, the consecrated set apart ones at Ephesus, who are also faithful and loyal and steadfast in Christ Jesus. May grace, God's unmerited favor, and spiritual peace, which means peace with God and harmony, unity and undisturbedness, be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. May blessing, praise, laudation and eulogy be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit blessing in the heavenly realm even as in his love he ch chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be wholly consecrated and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. Five, for he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him and was his and was his kind intent so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace favor and mercy which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved verse 7 in him we have redemption deliverance and salvation through his blood the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, and trespasses in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insight and prudence, making known to us the mystery, secret of his will, of his plan, of his purpose. And it is this, 
in accordance with his good pleasure, his merciful intention, which he had previously purposed and set forth in him. He planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages to unify all things and head them up and consummate them in Christ, both things in heaven and things on the earth. In him, we also were made God's heritage, portion, and we obtained an inheritance for we had been foreordained, chosen and appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose, who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. So that we who first hoped in Christ, who first put our confidence in him, have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. In him, you also have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, gospel of your salvation, and have believed in and adhered to and relied on him, were stamped with the seal of the long promised Holy Spirit. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits and pledge and foretaste, the down payment on our heritage. In anticipation of its full redemption and our, our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. Verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, the people of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And ladies and gentlemen, as I read the last um, six or seven verses, this is a prayer I pray over you, and I would encourage you to pray for yourself. Verse 17. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints he set up heart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we look at the book of Ephesians, we've been literally going through it um, uh, verse by verse. And we're going to continue to do that today. And so last week we stopped at verse four that we spoke about being chosen and we spoke about the love of the Lord and the fact that we are holy. We'll start today at verse five. And so as we begin we're going and I'll read this in the King James version of the Bible. This is what the Bible says having predestinated us unto the adoption by children of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse six, ladies and gentlemen, says to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. We'll focus on verse five for today and let's see how far we get. And so the first thing you'll notice the Bible says is, the Bible uses an old English word and it is predestinated, predestined. That means to delimit or to set boundaries for something in the future. So the Bible says that, and please let me say this over you, that and I, I hope this encourages someone. It was never God's intention that you fail. The Bible says he predestinated us 
unto the adoption of children. So let's look at what predestinated means. That means God has chosen a path that he wants you to walk down. He's chosen paths. He's chosen experiences. He's chosen places and people for you to meet. And he's done it according to the plan that he has for you and I. So let's have a look at that, a little, if just a touch of that. Please turn in your Bibles, if you, um, please turn in your Bibles to Psalms 37. And Psalms 37. And I'm going to read verse 23. So Psalms 37, verse 23. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what that means, if you think about it, what that means, what you realize is that your steps, ladies and gentlemen, the things that are about to happen to you, the things that are about to show up in your life. You realize that God has chosen a path for you. He's When I say chosen, he set it out and he allows you to discover it as you relate to him. And that's the beauty of the almighty God. There is a path that God has set out and it is for your good. The Bible says that your steps are ordered. So let me read that same verse in the Amplified Classic. Remember, the Bible says that he predestinated us. That means he made up his mind that through Jesus Christ, you and I will become sons. Okay, that's Psalms 37. And I'm going to read verse 23 from that Amplified Bible. Psalms 37 verse 23. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way and he busies himself with every step. So ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing about your life that, that God has left to chance. That's why he always wants you to involve him every single day as you come to him so that he can order your steps so that you can do, be, and achieve what he wants you to do, be, and achieve. And so let's have a look at that. Um, let's, uh, let me stay in Psalm 37. And this is what I want you to realize. When you, when you go before God, and I'm going to show you in, 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 the, in the Bible that God wants you to do this daily, um, there are two scriptures that come to mind. And the reward of that is so high. Stay in Psalm 37, please. And verse 4 and verse 5. Psalm 37, verses 4 and 5. And the Bible says the following. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. So when you commit your way to the Lord, when you ask the Lord that, Lord, you take control. Let me walk down the path that you've planned for me. Order my steps. The reward of that is that the desires of your heart, God will cause to become a reality, even step, literally step by step as you choose to follow him each and every time. And so we're going to have a look very carefully. Let's because we're going to see it in two parts of the Bible. And then we're going to see that Jesus enshrines this in the way he prays. So this is how Jesus lived. The first thing I want you to have a look at, please, ladies and gentlemen, is, uh, verse. let me read verse five. The Bible says, commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him. And he will bring it to pass. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says when God predestinates something, when he sets out a path for you, you and I have to choose it. But when we choose it, when we choose to say, Lord, you order my steps, you tell me where to work, you choose between the three or four options that I've got, you choose. 
um, uh, where we where we buy a house, where we live, where we move to, where we go to school, you begin to realize that you begin to walk systematically towards the desires of your heart becoming a reality. Two scriptures that back that up, and then we'll move on. Please turn in your Bibles, and I, I will. Let's go in the, in the King James, Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 5, Proverbs 3, verse 5, and I will stop at verse 7. Proverbs 3, verse 5, and I'll stop at verse 7. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding." In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that this is now the same, the same principle. We've seen it in Psalm 37 that the Lord is ordering your steps. We now see it again where the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. That means at any particular point in time, you always want to say to the Lord, which way should I go? Order my steps. It's And it's as simple as, Lord, how do I do this? I have this option. Should I, I do this? And he will guide you. The Bible says that as you do so, it will bless you. And so let's look at one more thing. And please, let's go to the New Testament so we can see this. And then we'll, uh, if you go to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and we'll start reading from verse 8. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, so that we can get a picture. And this is, the reason I say that is this. Jesus says this before he teaches his disciples the Lord's Prayer. He says, be ye not ye therefore like them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And then Jesus, in response, he teaches them how to pray. In Luke 11, we realize he also teaches them the same prayer when they say, teach us to pray. The Bible says the following, and I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and you'll notice where Jesus places direction. And the Bible says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, listen carefully. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now notice, ladies and gentlemen, that means when you and I ask the Lord to order our steps, to lead us, it's something the Bible says, Jesus said, this, this is how I pray. That means every day of Jesus's life, every day of Jesus's ministry, he was asking the Lord, order my steps, put me on the path you've chosen for me. Let my day go the way that you have planned. Let my world go the way you've planned it. And that's what the Lord is asking you and I to do. And what the reason we want to pick that out, knowing that the Lord, notice what the Lord says, that God has predestinated us, predestined. He's literally set boundaries to say, this is what I want for you. And notice the outcome that we may be to him, sons. That means when God chooses your pathway, he never means you any harm. When God orders your steps, when God chooses a path, when God chooses an option, let's clarify, ladies and gentlemen, God does not mean you any harm. And so we can trust him. The reason we wanted to look at that, ladies and gentlemen, is I want to, we'll look at the ultimate, we'll look at a really, not the ultimate, an 
a really amazing example. And that is the one we're looking at today, which is this. But notice, God wants you to walk a particular way. He wants you to go down particular paths. And he wants you to do so for your benefit. He wants to be kind to you. And so that's what I wanted us to draw out. And that's why, and it also clears up this element of notice, predestinated, predestinated doesn't take away the element of choice from you. It just means that God has literally laid out a path for you to find and choose with his help that allows you to begin to experience the benefits that he wants to step to come into your life. Just before we go back to our text, ladies and gentlemen, please come with me to Psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. This is the reward of allowing the Lord to choose your way. There's always a benefit. The Bible says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The Bible says that as you walk uprightly before the Lord, the Bible says that no good thing will God withhold from you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let, I, I hope this makes the point. But let me, let me, I, 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 hopefully, as we've read, it's become clear. But let me say this sincerely. God means you well. Your circumstances, irrespective, know for a fact, God means you well. And so let's go back to our, our text for today. And so we've, we've dealt with the first word. And so the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, verse five, that God having predestinated us, that means he set a path for us. Now we've also identified that when God sets a path for us, he does it for our good. He grants you the desires of your heart. He does not withhold any good thing before you. He is a son and he's a shield to you and so we realize god means you well when he predestinates us and let me let me answer a, a very good question that's come into the chat let's also remember this and and the question is if we still sin how does that apply let's also understand the first thing is sin is a choice and it is a choice where you choose something else other than God. And that puts you on a path where because of those choices, the consequences of your actions will be negative. But even though that can happen, God says, I've created a choice to get you back on track and so when we make a mistake when we sin what does the lord say he says come to me instantly so we can get back on track to persist outside of his guidance will cause consequences that god did not intend for you to show up and let me, because I also feel that that's a really, really good question. And I, I'll, I'll go to the solution verse. Let me go to the solution verse first, and then I'll, I'll point out the challenge of not going back to God, and then we'll move on. The solution where God has put that, please notice, notice this, turn in your Bibles, and please, if you can, turn with me to first or 1 John chapter 1. And we will read from 8 and 9. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. And I'll read, I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says the following. 
if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So sin is a reality that was settled through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God's ready for it. The Bible says in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what God has put in place in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus did not just pay for your sins up to the time you gave your life to him and then you are walking a knife edge all the way to you go to heaven. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 6, Isaiah 53 verse 6, the Bible says we all like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That means God didn't just pay for current, uh, whatever was on our account when we came to him. He also prepaid for whatever can happen in the future, whether or not you take advantage of it. And what he's saying is, if you make a mistake by virtue of who Jesus is, by virtue of the fact that he's alive and he lives, as the Bible says, as our high priest, consistently praying for us and to make intercession for us. Whenever we make a mistake, we can come back to God and he will then put us back on track. That means he will put us back on the path. He will begin to open. And that's the thing you understand about forgiveness. And God's not going to make assessments when you come to him and say i've made a mistake he's not going to say okay this is the fourth one this month suffer for six weeks and come back and then we'll sort it no it's being paid for in our lord and savior jesus christ and so remember that's what we and what i want you to under the reason remember sin's a choice it is where a man makes a decision against god whether it be through his word or the Lord's direction or ignoring his spirit, whichever one you want to look at. But that's what sin is. And so that carries with it consequences. To avoid those consequences, whenever we sin, because our spirit man is now alive, as the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 36, reading from verses 25 to 28, that God will now give us a sensitive heart, not a heart of stone, a sensitive heart to know when he we have either upset God or we have pleased God. So once we sense on our inside that God, this wasn't the best of decisions, we can come back to him without fear. So please keep that in mind. But let me point out tonight, and that's why I said this is a wonderful question. Let me point out tonight that if somebody chooses to remain away from God, not that God's not ready to welcome them back, but they choose that, you know what, whether by deceit or by choice, that, you know what, I'm not going to go back to God. I'm just going to keep walking the way I want to. The consequences, that's not a path God chooses, but that is now a path we create. Turn with me, please, to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. Um, I know this will help somebody. And we're going to start at verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 17 at verse 5, and we'll read to Jeremiah chapter 17 at verse 8. The Bible says the following, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth a man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Notice what sin is. Number one, you trust in someone else other than God. Many times you're trusting in yourself. The Bible says, and maketh flesh his arm. Flesh is worldly thinking. That means your confidence and assurance is in anything outside the will and intention of the Lord. And the Bible pinpoints the challenge. He says, and your heart departs from the Lord. So that's where those choices come from. So from that point, you are now making choices against the good and kind and perfect will of the Lord. Listen to the result. 
The Bible says, for he shall be like a heath in the desert. He shall not see when good comes. That means good does come, but you don't see it. The Bible says you'll be like a heath in the desert. It's not that you will die. It's just that you won't get any moisture. You will be in an arid and dry land. And the Bible says, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Now, that's not God's intention, but that is what can happen if we choose against him consistently. Now, let's look at verses seven to eight. The Bible says the following, blessed is the man that curse, that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. That means based upon our relationship with God, we trust God and our expectation and our hope is the Lord. The Bible says the results are different. That means when we trust the Lord, we begin to make choices. We begin to say words. We begin to think thoughts that are in line with the will and intention of the Lord, whether we know it or not. And the Bible says the following at verse eight, the Bible says, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So ladies and gentlemen, when we ask the Lord to direct our paths and our steps so that we walk in the path that he has chosen for us, the rewards are phenomenal. And so we realize that path is always available and the access to that path is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But because we are free to make a choice, we can choose that, God, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to do it my own way. And the Bible says the results will begin to speak for themselves, maybe not immediately, but eventually. And that's why Jesus said, when you pray daily, ask the Lord to lead you. Because the benefits of him leading you outweigh anything the the I mean way the challenges you're going to face outside of his will and so when we sin ladies and gentlemen and please keep this in mind it is a choice against the lord the results are not god's will for you but your choices put you in a place where god never planned for you to get to are we together on that one great question okay Great question. Um, I'll come to the question that I've got next. It's very interesting because we do with that question uh, on Sunday. I will come to that. I'll 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 move your uh, if you don't mind. I will move your questions a little bit forward. They are absolutely wonderful. That we'll go from there. Okay. Now, please turn back with me to Ephesians chapter one. Uh, Ephesians 1, I'm going to go back to verse 5. And so let's have a look. The Bible says, having predestinated us. So that means God's intention. That means God's good leading, God's guiding and God's path leads us to notice what he says. Unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. So ladies and gentlemen, if what I want you to understand that you and I in Christ are adopted. And this is something I want you to keep in mind. You see, adoption, the word used there, the it, its meaning means the placing of a son, as in one who inherits your wealth. Now, remember, this is written, um, the context of the Bible is from a Middle Eastern uh, family origin and so therefore inheritance as in many parts of the world was through sons and so that's what the bible says so the bible says that we have been adopted of children by jesus christ to himself it is the 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 word adoption is the placing of a son now that means all the benefits all the things that the son gets when you are adopted, 
the Bible says you have access to exactly the same. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, again, and this is why the book of Ephesians is wonderful, and that's why we're taking our time. You realize Paul understanding what the Ephesians were up against in their daily lives and in ministry, he was clearly presenting that these things, irrespective of your circumstances, are yours. And one of the things, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that you and I are adopted. And we are not just adopted, we are adopted by Jesus Christ to God. That means we, and when we stand side by side with Jesus, we are the same. Now that is mind blowing. But let's have a look at that in the Bible. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter eight. And then we will we'll work. So remember, this is key for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are adopted. We are adopted. And so I'm going to read from verse 14, Romans chapter eight, verse 14. I will read in the King James Version of the Bible and let's see what the Bible says about our adoption. The first thing the Bible says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I'm going to pause here, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says when you pray in the morning and you say to the Lord, lead me not into temptation, or you say to the Lord that in this situation, Father, order my steps. When you say, I won't lean to my own understanding, the Bible says when the Holy Spirit gives you guidance, you the fact that you are a son of God changes everything. The Bible says those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if you are a son of God, there are benefits and there are things that follow you that are yours. And I'm going to pick on, I'm going to pick on one, just so you know, think about it. That means whatever you saw happen to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whether it be by provision, whether it be by the fact that God was with him at all times, whether it be by the fact that God protected him, whether it be by the fact that God ordered his steps, whether it be by the fact that through your relationship with God, you will fulfill your purpose. The Bible says that once you are led by the spirit of God, because you are a son of God, you have full access to those things. And this is the beauty of it. You have full access to who Jesus is now. You have full access to what Jesus has won on your behalf. And notice the key. The key is direction. When the Holy Spirit says go this way rather than that way, the outcome becomes God's responsibility, not yours. And so the Bible says we are sons of God. And so that please keep that in mind. Um, let me show you one benefit. One. I would love to show you a few more. And the Bible says, please turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 10. And we're going to read verse 38. This is what the Bible says. And there's another scripture bubbling up in my spirit now, and I'll go there next. The Bible says, and this is one of the benefits of you being a son of God, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 10 verse 38, with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power, how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. And the key element is this, for God was with him jesus specifically said that i am not alone the father is with me ladies and gentlemen when you are led by the holy spirit 
that is true of you. That means the anointing and the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit is present wherever you are. That means the Lord God has endued you with strength and ability. The Lord God is will, through you, minister to so many others, but he will also cause that which is yours to flourish because he's with you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the benefits of being God's child. And the Bible says when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you step into the full benefits of being God's son. But let's keep reading because we want to focus on adoption. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 keeps talking about the same thing. The Bible says, for you have not, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So let me, and this is, I, I'm, 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 and let me read first. Verse 15, we're going to park there for a moment, but I'm going to read to verse 17 just in case I don't get the chance. The Bible says this, in, reading in the King James, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And then the Bible says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Pause. A joint heir means if there are 10 sons, they share equally. That means, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, and I'm going to come there in a moment, that we are joint heirs with Christ. That means whatever has been conferred on Jesus Christ, by virtue of your adoption to God as children through Jesus, you have access to. And you can find out what Jesus has won in many areas. That means the name of Jesus, the, um, the power, the glory, the honor, the miracle working power, the riches, the abundance are yours legally. That means when you ask for something in the name of Jesus, it's exactly the same as if Jesus is asking for it. And that means the Bible says God will hear you and it will be granted to you. And I pray that opens the door for somebody's miracle. But we're going to go back to verse 15, ladies and gentlemen, and, I, and this is going to help someone. The Bible says, notice the Bible references two situations. Number one, the Bible says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage. Now, bondage means you are trapped against your will in a negative situation. And the Bible sets the condition. It says, again, to fear. That means when we, when Adam sinned, the entire human race was trapped in bondage to fear to be afraid in particular to be afraid of god which is where fear comes from and this is what i want to show you the two things so when the first incident happened when that means when adam sinned we became trapped under fear the bible says god never and so please turn with me i'm going to the reason i'm doing this ladies and gentlemen and i sense this in my spirit I'm doing this because someone's going to go free tonight. So Genesis chapter three. And I'm going to read. I, I, this is where the temptation comes. And I'm going to pick up the narrative after the woman makes the mistake. And listen to what happens. And the Bible says from verse six, knowing that she's being that Satan has, has, has deceived her. She's listened to what he says, and it's bearing fruit. So we'll pick up the narrative from verse 6, Genesis 3, verse 6. And the Bible says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, 
she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with that and he did eat. Now they've made their first mistake. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Verse eight, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. Notice, this is the first time in the Bible is the word used. And the Bible says, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Notice, all of a sudden, something unusual has happened. The indication that mankind is now in bondage is that when God comes, they're afraid. Fear is alien to you and I. It was not given to you and I. It came because we were deceived. And when sin kicks in, and notice the first fear, the first fear is when God comes, it's going to go wrong. That's why when we sin, one of the most difficult things to do is go back to God to ask him for forgiveness. Because that spirit that runs in that whole environment is that you need to be afraid. God's going to bury you. It's not going to go well. And so on and so forth. And the Bible says that happened to the entire human race. And it was we were taken captive and it was against our choices it was a get we were tricked we were deceived now the lord says in the same way when we now come to god through jesus christ the as a, let me use the word equivalent thing happens so rather than the spirit of fear governing our interaction with God. The spirit of the Lord now governs our interaction with God. And so let's look at the difference. Romans chapter eight, verse four, verse 15. The Bible says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. That means you are not bound. You are not limited. Neither are you held back. And there's no need to fear God. That means when God says, marry this person, when God says, work here, when God says, go here, when God says, do this thing, the response as a believer is not to be afraid of a good God who means you well. And the reason we are not afraid is because the governing spirit in this realm, when you come to God through Jesus Christ, is the Holy Spirit, not the spirit that governs Satan. And uh, that's, a, that's a conversation for another day. But please notice, you can only give what you have. Satan can't give you confidence in God because he's terrified of his end, because there's no mercy for him. And he transfers that to you and I, that God is to be feared. God is not to be trusted. God is to be hated. He's wrong and he's a liar. But when you come to God through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit starts speaking. And listen to what he says. He says, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that means, now put this in context. The first thing is you are adopted and your circumstances can do nothing about it. Keep that in mind. That means the way you may feel and the way your circumstances may look, do not change the fact that you are God's adopted son and not just adopted son. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means it's not that you've been adopted and you are the poor relative. No, everything that was conferred on Jesus Christ is legally yours as a joint heir. And he said, you can access it through my name. We'll come to that in a minute. But notice the Bible says, 
the spirit on your inside who now lives in your heart. When you come to God, what does he say? He says, Abba, Father. Meaning when you see God, you see him as your father. Now, this is the key thing about this verse. In Jewish parlance, only the first son can say, Abba, Father. That means when you come to God, he doesn't see you, he sees Christ. That means when you reach out to God, what is heard in heaven is Abba, Father. And it's also the reassurance that you are walking not into a trap, not to a God that hates you, but to a God who loves you and you are his son. That means you have no reason to fear what he says next. You have no reason to fear the directions he gives you because he has predestinated you for good and not for evil. He has planned that you end up where Jesus Christ is. So ladies and gentlemen, let's go to verses 16 and 17 of Romans 8. And I really hope that someone's free. Let me, let me say this because this scripture did come to my heart and I want to say this. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. The Bible says, reading it in the Amplified Classic, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm, of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Notice God gave you himself. He gave you a spirit of power. You are no longer powerless. He gave you a spirit of love. You and God are now the same. The Bible says, and he also gave you the spirit of a sound mind. That means when you look at God, you look at his track record and you look at his word, the response will be, I trust God. And the doors open to what God has offered you, which is a phenomenally blessed life. The Bible says, so ladies and gentlemen, hear me well. If you are a believer and Satan is still battering your mind with fear that you can't trust God or God won't come through or God doesn't want mean you well, you can now debunk that fear and begin to hear one thing from the Holy Ghost. Abba, Father, God is your father in the very same way he is father to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are we together? Let's, for the last few minutes, look at verses 16 and 17. The Bible says the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. That means the Holy Spirit constantly tells you, reassures you, and reminds you that you are a child of God. Then the Bible says, and if children, then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him and that we that we may be also glorified together. Ladies and gentlemen, as you read this, I want you to please understand you have more going for you than you have going against you. The Bible says that when you come to God, you are not begging you are not pleading you're coming to someone who loves you and so ladies and gentlemen i want you to keep that in mind and this is what the bible says and let me just wrap up um ephesians 1 verse 5 and i hope this blesses someone the bible says having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by jesus christ to himself Notice, it doesn't say it is based upon your choices. This was a decision God made before you arrived. You are just 
the beneficiary. And the Bible says, according to the good pleasure of his will. That means it is God who has worked out the intricacies of making sure you get to that place where you are walking as God's son. He is doing the heavy lifting. He's doing the planning. He's doing the thinking. And what he's saying is, trust me, walk with me. And as you read the Bible, the Bible reassures you that God can be trusted. And so I've got a question in the chat and it's very interesting. And it's like many times we try and do it on our own. We fail and then we go to God. The alternative is read what God says about himself. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says of him. Listen and look at what he did in and for and through Jesus Christ. And based upon that, take your actions. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Please keep this in mind. The Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So when you want to get it right, build your faith. What is faith? Trust and confidence in the Lord. The Bible says, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you, more time you spend in the Bible, but now not just reading the Bible, but what you also do is you read the Bible at critical times of your life. Look at examples of how God causes things to play out. Hold on to the principles, hold on to the word of God, act on, think on, meditate on what God promises. And the Bible says the results will be yours. And so that's what I want you to keep in mind. And that then, and then what happens is when you do it one, two, three, four, five times, it becomes habitual. And that's what I want you to understand. It's, it's not magic. God will build the habit of trusting him as you see it work time and time and time and time again. Are we together? Great question. Um, so a couple of things. So as we bring this to a close tonight, this is, so we'll just stay in verse five, a couple of things. Um, there was, let me see. Okay. I've got two questions and for two reasons, I, I, I won't deal with them publicly. Um, one, I don't have time for the first one. I don't have the time to, to give, do it justice, but I'm going to hold on to it and I will answer it in a future Bible study. The second one, I won't answer questions that are specific to your circumstances without getting all the information. And the simple reason is the Bible says it's not wise to use a polite term to answer a matter when you've only heard half or less than half of the matter. So it's not that I'm ignoring your questions. It's just that I won't answer them on a public forum. One because of time and one because of a lack of information, but I'm not ignoring you. Ladies and gentlemen, as we close out tonight, um, I hope, ladies and gentlemen, that as you come to tonight, this gives you confidence as you pray. Jesus said, let me close out with this scripture. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20. And the Bible says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him are men. Keyword, unto the glory of God by us. Ladies and gentlemen, as you hold on to the word of the Lord tonight, as you hold on to God's word, as you begin to trust the leadings of the Holy Spirit, trust what the Bible says, I pray that God honors your actions with miracles. 
The Bible says when you walk before him, the Bible says he will not withhold any good thing from you. That means anything that's been held back, I jointly add my faith to yours. And I pray that the truth has made you free and may that which you're expecting arrive. May miracles attend your way this week. May God's word find a very, very clear place in your heart. May God keep you and bless you. May God surround you with good. Have a wonderful week, ladies and gentlemen. If you are believing God for a specific miracle of healing, I join my faith with yours. May God's intervention step into that situation, giving you the opportunity or your loved one, the opportunity for time with you so that healing and God may be glorified in that matter. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll speak next week.